We look at the Grow Bowl battles to watch as tomorrow's Grow Bowl will take off. And also tomorrow, the transfer portal window opens. We'll tell you about what's to come. Anyway, this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We're almost to Saturday, guys and gals, honestly. Um, Thank you again for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're especially thankful for our everydayers, those that listen to the show every day. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. There's some Grow Bowl battles that people need to pay attention to Um, As the spring game, the Grove Bowl actually happens tomorrow. Now, we've explained, and if you're an everydayer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We have explained over and over again how you watch a spring game. You can't watch a spring game and try and pick unit stuff. How does the offense look? How does the defense look? What's the score of the game? That is doing a spring game wrong. And that is honestly the reason people who try and do that, how worthless it is, people might think the spring game is less than important. But spring practice is very important. It's very important for these reasons. It's about whether or not players develop from your last viewing in fall practice or in fall games or the Texas Bowl, for instance, to now. Did they advance? Did they determine what did not work in the fall and figured out an adjustment to make themselves a better, more effective football player. And those that are successful doing it will find themselves playing on Sunday. Those that do not might just be at the ceiling, might be a good college player, but there's not much Sunday work in their future as well. So the battles that people need to pay attention to, first and foremost, the linebacker battle, and more the middle linebacker battle, because I'll tell you in just a second why the outside backers you don't really need to pay attention to in the moment. But the inside backers with the Shante Seastrunk, Kari Coleman, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, and Monty Montgomery, those players are going to fight tooth and nail um, to be ready to play and step on the field first against Mercer. All are good players. It's, It's a pretty heated battle at the moment. All are making plays. Now, Kari Coleman... Like I said last year, it's difficult for somebody that has predominantly played with their hand on the ground to play standing up at linebacker. So it was going to be a transition. Corey Coleman got hurt, and it kind of was a transition. They essentially were using him solely for A-gap blitzes. But we will need to see, just the eye test will do, if Corey Coleman looks comfortable playing the linebacker position. His his move from playing down on the line to back at linebackers to try and lead, trying try to have an NFL career is important for Kari. Ashanti Seastrunk coming back out of the transfer portal, big, big for the Ole Miss defense. If nothing else, even if he doesn't win the starting job, he will be a depth piece. He is going to be a senior leader of this team. I like Ashanti. Um, I think he brings a lot to the table, and we can see if he can hold off the two transfers. Now, 
One of the transfers is Monty Montgomery, who is, well, let's just say a sawed-off linebacker and in the Sam Mills-type vein. And because of that, he is limited as a player. He has to rely on his athleticism. He honestly is a Denzel Kandichi-type linebacker, but he may be more athletic. So can he man up and play in the middle the way it is meant to be done? Picture Alabama last year when you had Henry Toa Toa and you had um, other linebackers stepping in and out. I think the kid from North Carolina was the one. I'm not sure. I'm not really familiar with the roster, but picture them, them and the way their middle linebackers play. They weren't big, but they were solid. They were bigger. I mean, it would not surprise you to see a 230-pound linebacker at Alabama. That, that would surprise no one. So if somebody's 215, 220, 225, it's going to be an interesting fit. So we'll see if Monty Montgomery can – honestly hold up in this Pete Golding defense because if he can, if he is effective and um, Ole Miss has a, like a tool in the toolbox to use, he can make a lot of plays for Ole Miss this year. When, remember, when he played against Ole Miss two years ago at Louisville, he was a problem until he got a targeting penalty. He was an absolute problem. And the last one that we want to talk to is Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. He Middle linebacker at Central Florida. Ole Miss did recruit him out of high school, so there is some familiarity with the campus maybe. But he is the guy that has been brought in to be the middle linebacker. He is the one that is brought in to be the thumper. So we need to watch and see if that is panning out. Because if he is catching tackles, if he is playing tentatively, he is not going to win this job. He's not going to beat Ashante Seastrunk out. So we will see exactly what it looks like at the linebacker position. This is the major position group position battle that Ole Miss has going on this spring. We thought it was going to be the quarterback. Jackson Dart has done quite well. I do want to see if Jackson Dart uses the whole field tomorrow. That'll be interesting. I want to see the young wide receivers. I've heard some dropsy problems. I want to see with my own eyes how it looks. And we'll have Dayton Wade. We'll have um, John Gillespie in the stadium. And then I'll watch it on television and we'll have multiple perspectives on the game. And defensive back, you know, the John Saunders to free safety, I'm really curious of how Ole Miss is going to replace A.J. Finley. Out of all the stuff defensively, that is that is honestly what I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. John Saunders is playing a little bit back there. Aishim Young is back there. We'll see exactly what the defensive backs look like. I'm not worried about the defensive back room because for two years, half of the defense was defensive backs. They've recruited them. Just by numbers, they should be all right on the back end of that defense. It just kind of is what it is. But those are the areas that I will be paying attention to in the Grove Ball. Hey, join our subtext community. If you want a reaction show, you want to interact with the show, you can check it, check it out at about 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central on Saturday on YouTube. The link will go out exclusively to our sub, subtext community members. So join that. It's $4.99 a month with a two-week free trial, and you can check out and participate in the show as well. I think we got we only have, uh, right now, we have like 21, 22 subscribers not many at all but 
it's at the point where we need to start doing this because this is something that I was promised. I was promising that I was going to do. I can't wait for 50, wait for a hundred. So we'll see what exactly what happens. Just it might, might seem silly to you, but it, I mean, it should be a lot of fun. You can interact directly with the show. You get directly send text messages to me. I send out nuggets that I find out the shows go out and we'll do things like three things we learn from the Grove Bowl as well. That'll go out as well. So it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're like me and you want to make a healthier snack choice, but you don't want to compromise on taste, well, I've got the just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're good for you. You have got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but all these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. That's what's even better is they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been telling you about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. But you can still get your specialty flavors online at Built.com. That's right, though. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff, at the Walmart, the Walmart, you can tell I'm from Mississippi. Um, if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, peanut butter brownie, batter puff, and churro puff. That's pretty good. You can thank me later. So there's many different ways now to have your Built Bar and, I guess, eat it too. So you'll thank me for it. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players, Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Just a reminder, subscribe to the Subtext community. We'll be doing a live, unlisted reaction show. The only, only ones that will have the link to join the show will actually be subtext community members. It'll be cool as well. So, the transfer portal opens up tomorrow. And there's a couple of things that I need to talk about because there's a group of people that no matter what happens, you want more. It's what it is. We need more defensive linemen. We need more wide receivers. We need more quarterbacks. You know, the same old line happens every year and it's no matter what the depth actually looks like on the roster. Understand that, not really bad-mouthing that at all. But the transfer portal, you can attack it really a couple of ways. Now, Ole Miss has Jameer Lewis at Jack, and Jack is a very, very important position in this defense. It just is. That is the position that Will Anderson played for Alabama last year. Maybe alternated with Dallas Turner a little bit. But you you remember what Alabama's defense looked like. So, Ole Miss needs a jack. Right now they have, I think, Jameer Lewis, the transfer that got here from Southwest Mississippi Community College. 
signed like two weeks after signing day. He's here going through spring. Got him straight in. I think he's running with the ones right now, but that's also because there's nobody else. So in the fall, you'll have DJ Holmes and Chamberlain Campbell. They're coming in to play on the edge as well. So you're going to be very, very young in that room. We're talking a sophomore and two freshmen, two true freshmen. So it makes sense that Ole Miss might try to find somebody that fits the role of a Jack, if nothing else, for depth in this upcoming transfer window a couple of weeks. You're already seeing players starting to announce that they're going in. They can't go in until the 15th. But they're announcing that they're going in. And, you know, the player from Texas that just jumped into the um, – announced that he's going into the portal – the kid from Arkansas, I forget, his, I forget his name, I apologize. But he is somebody that might be getting recruited for that position. He's somebody that did not play his first year at Texas, transferred away this year. He was recruited um, pretty heavily, I think, by Pete Golding. But we'll see exactly how that goes. But we're talking a top 100 type linebacker um, in, in the portal. So I don't know the type players that will appear in this portal. I think this portal – and this is just my gut feeling, I, I know nothing about it, is going to be basically the last chance saloon for people that went into the portal in January. They went to school, got through it, and now you got 15 days to decide exactly where you're going to go. So it's going to be hectic for two weeks. Understand, April 15th through April 30th is going to be hectic. Heck, April 15th through April 30th in men's basketball, and that transfer portal windows open up to like May 15th, could be hectic. So that period of time is going to be pretty fantastic for us. Baseball, eh, not, not doing the best at the moment. So unless a miracle run happens, you know, mid-May until January or July 15th, two-month period of time, could be a little bit of a stress, and our everydayers are going to know probably exactly how I'm going to handle this. But we're going to do some history videos. We're going to, you know, kind of go off the beef, beaten path and talk about just general Ole Miss type stuff. We're going to contemplate NIL. We're going to contemplate the transfer portal. We're going to do all of that to be um, a little bit, honestly, different. So, and before we get out of here, since we're mentioning the transfer portal, it's a good reminder that tomorrow players that play, this is, an incom this is an incomplete roster. And spring games have always been an incomplete roster, but this, because of that transfer portal window coming up after the game and players coming in that were fall enrollees, because you're starting to see more and more fall guys come in. And because of that, it's going to be an incomplete game. It won't be exactly what you think it will be. And there, every school is going to have injury issues in the spring because of players not going in. Your, your numbers are already going to be less. You're looking at 65 scholarship players or something like that. So the numbers are always going to be less. So if anybody gets injured, all of a sudden you're out there with 40 players. And it just it looks shocking to you whenever you're used to, even in that same situation in the fall, having 65 or 70 players. So that, that's what abnormally injury-prone shows up as. It just is. 
And Lane Kiffin is a master in the spring game of not giving anything away by letting people in black jerseys play. He basically makes it to where all the video is useless. And he does that on purpose. He won't admit it. He does that on purpose. So before we get out of here, though, I do want to tell you, they did a story on 24-7 sports to where Josh Pate gave his 13 true freshmen coming in in the fall to watch. And Sunterry and Perkins made that list. Made it fairly high up in the list. There's probably no order on it, but he was he he was up there. He was obviously on Josh Pate's mind. Now, Josh Pate, real similar to me in this way. It is his job to generate discussion. His job to generate emotion. His job to generate interaction. If he does those three three things, it doesn't matter what he says. It's a successful show. I am doing the same thing at a very, very local level. It's my job to generate discussion, interaction, emotion. It's important that people don't like me as much as like me. If you do those things, you can grow fairly rapidly. Josh Pate's doing the same thing on the national level that I'm doing here on the local level, the hyper-local level. But Josh Pate does get access to a lot of these players and people that rank these players since he works for 24-7 Sports. And Suntarian Perkins, who just shot up the rankings towards the end of the year. Now, it wasn't a Chris Jones shooting. I'm not... I'm, I'm, he, he went from like 60 when Chris Jones went from like a low three-star. But Centarian, got, you know, he was the best player on the field in the state championship game for Raleigh. Then he goes down to the Mississippi-Alabama game where people are actually paying attention, and he's the best player on the field at the Mississippi-Alabama game. Then he goes down to the Under Armour game when not only people are paying attention, there are expectations at the moment. And he's probably one of the top or six, top five or six players on the field there. Not not the game part, because the all-star games are weird things, but just talking during the week of practice, when they played real football, he absolutely showed out. Really, really nice kid, by the way. He was unbelievably polite when I interviewed him there at the game. Him and Aiden Williams both. I'm looking forward to what they can do in a red and blue uniform. But because of that transfer portal window, that's one of the reasons I think that Lane Kiffin is talking about, hey, after the spring game, we should just call it off. Because now they've got two weeks to recruit, two weeks to get this done. Do you want to spend a week doing practice? I think spring practice is going to move up. Like what Hugh Freeze did is probably going to be more closer to the norm. Just, just kind of is what it is. You cannot go into that transfer portal window because you need all of your coaches, all hands on deck because it's such a short window. But Suntary and Aiden, um, Jamarius, those guys coming into Ole Miss, some really, really good football players coming into Ole Miss. I think there's five or six uh, um, freshmen that early enrolled, um, including um, Braxton Myers, who apparently looks pretty good in practice. Ole Miss generally has a defensive back freshman that looks good, even going back to Davidson and Taishim who are no longer here. Um, so we'll see exactly what that, that happens. And I think Braxton could be that guy for this class. Should be very, very interesting. Anyway, this weekend, reaction show. After the Grove Bowl, 
for subtext community members. Saturday uh, morning, we'll have a replay of this interview with Tom, um, Tom Vanderford that you're about to hear. Sunday morning, we're going to have John Garcia. He'll be back. And um, should be a lot of fun for you guys. And if you have a problem, thanks for participating. Thanks for being an everydayer. I mean, this is this is specifically your team every day. That, that is my goal. That is my mantra. And that is the way I want to do this. But coming up after this break, Tom Vanderford talking about the Grove Bowl. Stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote the video, and comment down below. Also, join our subtext community. The link to do it is in the description down below, and we will have a special unlisted live stream following the Grow Bowl exclusively for subscribers in our subtext community. Um, I'm here with Tom Vanderford for our weekly segment on Ole Miss football. It's Grow Bowl weekend, Tom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, not, not physically able to go, uh, just yet, but I should be ready by the, the football season, but I will, uh, put it on SEC Network Plus and watch it and critique it and, rewind it and all that good fun stuff yeah absolutely and you know we like we play mercer and we play during the season and you're counting down to a date of something that actually means more football the spring game's a little bit different as then it symbolizes the end of football for like four months and it can be a very sad thing i'm hoping the transfer portal um adds a little bit to it i hope chris beard does well in the portal that'll get us to mid-may i'm not having a whole lot of confidence in our baseball program at the moment. Uh, but we'll see what happens because it's looking like June and July is going to be a whole lot of history lessons from Steve on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I, I mentioned uh, to one of my friends uh, that's a, a big baseball fan, uh at Ole Miss, and I think he's got season tickets for baseball. That if if we had uh, if we had uh, Mallets and and Elliot and uh, man, the other one the other one just uh, escapes me. Uh, <laughs> Maddox, that, that, Maddox, yeah, yeah, Riley Maddox. If we had all three of those guys, it would be a different team. I think. I think our you know that your pitching depth isn't there when uh, your closer against Alcorn State is uh, your best power hitter. Uh, you know that you've got some depth problems at pitcher. You know, Kemp, Kemp Alderman closed the game out uh, against Alcorn State. So uh, they just, God bless it, you know, they just, uh, they're having a rough year. I, I, I've got a, a state friend, and I said, you know, it's amazing. It's kind of like what happened to them after their national championship. They just lost pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. And, um, you know, we've, we've recently lost another pitcher. So your, your, your pitching is, is so extremely important in SEC play you can get away with it like we did at the first of the year when we weren't playing SEC teams, you know. 
if we were in the Big Ten, we'd be doing great. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're not. We're in the SEC. Um, but, you know, it's – I hate to use uh, Bianco's famous term, but it's baseball. Mm. You know, it's anything can happen. You know, you never know. We, you know, I'm 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 kind of freaking out about Maddox because I saw him in a video as the season was starting, saying that he thought he'd be good to go, and then I haven't heard anything. So, yeah, I, I think they're just being overly careful with him. Honestly, wonderful. I want him to be mm. that way because both those kids have a shot at the next level. Mm. You know, now it's is uh would have really helped this year and you know having those guys you'd have the freedom to move people around uh but that's hurt us uh and our bats have went silent at times and that that you know that hasn't helped but overall i think that pitching's the big thing but moving moving uh along to basketball just real quick mm-hmm. man i am impressed with beard yeah. Um I he's 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 combing the country. You know, he's got the kid coming in from North Texas. I don't or, or he's going to see him. I don't know if uh the five star point guard from Texas that he recruited, I don't know if we're in on him or not. But you know, the kid from Georgetown's a, a extremely solid pickup. And uh the center that that we may get that's been uh, crystal ball to to uh seven three mm-hmm. uh is is supposed to be pretty good i think he led the nation in block shots so and and he's he's doing it man he's obviously a good recruiter because they said that the seven three guy was was a lot to go to missouri which you know made the tournament this year so i i think we're we're going to get better in basketball i think yo uh, has gotten a couple of, of ladies out of the portal that'll help us next year. But let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about football. Well, real quick, um, um, I, just before I got on the um, here with you, it was announced that Musa Cisse has had a Zoom with um, Chris Beard. He's a big man out of Memphis that plays for Oklahoma State, or is tran- would transferring from there. So, I mean, he was ooh. a former five-star top 20 player in the country. Um, yeah. so that, that's, that's, that's a big deal as well, but you're right. Let's talk about grow ball. What position matchups have your attention in Oxford tomorrow or today? Cause you're going to air as a standalone on Saturday morning. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the position matchups that I want to see, I, it always starts with the big uglies. I want to see the offensive line versus the defensive line. You know, I want to see some pressure on our quarterbacks. I really do. Because uh, I think we've got a good offensive line. But I, I really want to see the four-two-five. see if, if that helps. Um, I don't think it'll show a lot. People forget that usually the spring game is very vanilla. And if you see somebody that you've never heard of have an awesome spring game, that doesn't necessarily translate into – uh, the next season, uh, that's one thing I would caution people on. You know, if you see a running back you've never heard of break two or three long touchdowns, that doesn't mean that they're going to be in the rotation next year. It's more of a, you know, it's more of a, a scrimmage and to find out what we have. Now, uh, saying that, I'm also concerned 
with how our linebackers do in the run game. I want our defensive line to be able to let our backers make tackles at the line of scrimmage. Now, I also want our defensive line to make tackles at the line of scrimmage. Another another thing that I'm interested in, just because there are a lot of new faces, especially for the spring game where some people are out, I want to see how our tight ends and receivers do against the linebackers in the secondary. Yeah, We've got our secondary is going to be very much different than it was last year. We're going to have a lot of new faces back there in the spring game. And we're going to have a lot of new faces on offense. I want to see how Priest Corn does. I want to see, you know, something people are forgetting you because he just fell off of the wagon, but Jalen Knox, I didn't even know he's with the team anymore. You know, he, he had the one year we had to redshirt because he had some academic issues. And then last year, I think he got hurt. Uh, and uh, he's doing great. You know, Bentley, who got hurt last year, is is from what I've heard doing great. You know we're we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, Quinchon Jenkins. We're gonna have Ulysses Bentley the fourth, and we've got Kendrick Riscano. So we're gonna be deep at running back. Now we don't have Riscano yet, but but the, it's there. I guess all the people we lost. I want to see how the replacements play. You know, I want I want to see how those corners play. You know, I, I hear good things about the kid we brought in from Georgia Tech. That's wonderful. Uh, I want to see how these safeties play. I want to see how. T- Tom has obviously got a text. Wait, I'll tell you, sorry. About that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. I, I want to see how Taylor Gross plays. Mm. I want to see uh, how some of these other young DBs that we've had in the system for a year or two play. And I want to see just how familiar they are. And, and it won't be super familiar with uh, with Pete Golding's system. But I'd like to see the defense rush to the ball. Uh, I, want, I want to see some really good stable running and passing. I don't think they're all, you know, all spring games are vanilla. But I just want to see if the fundamentals are good. Yeah, defensively, I think um, I want to see no receivers catching a TD pass open by 30 yards. I want the defensive player in the right place. I want to see them rallying to the football. I want to see them getting pressure in a unique way. I realize they're going they're going to be vanilla, and there's a chance that we won't see that. But I want to see that um, offensively. I want Jackson Dart to just look like he's in control. After the spring game he had last year, I want him to end the spring on a good note, and 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 just to help him going into the summer and into the fall. I don't care about stats. I don't care about scores. It's all about the eyeball test in a spring game to me. I completely agree. I know I read something the other day that made me feel good. They said that for the entire spring, he's only thrown one pick. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. darn good. Now, is, uh, it, that, has, he, has he only thrown one pick because he's avoided the middle of the field? 
I mean, I, that's Got the on. stuff I want to see too. I want that's part of how Jackson looks is using the whole field. Exactly. I I completely agree with that. I completely now talking about because I know we're probably running short on time. Let's go to the let's go to the portal. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if there are some folks that would be the right fit, but I have noticed, you know, we've had a couple of young kids in the portal who were of the class of 2022 out of Texas, uh, uh, a rush end and a linebacker. Now, you know, they probably, you know, they probably going to go to A&M or somebody, but, you know, I found that interesting. I uh, found it interesting that there are some viable people in the portal from other schools that weren't in the first period. So that may be something they look at if they see somebody that they think is a good fit. I, I don't remember where the kid's from. Oh, the center from Texas A&M mm-hmm. that was freshman All-American, he's in the portal. Now, he may very well be going to Texas or somewhere closer, but I found that intriguing. So, at the same time, there are going to be kids on our team that enter the portal after spring. You know, they're going to be like, well, I'm still buried on the depth chart at Ole Miss. I want to play. I'm going to see if there's any interest in the portal. Yeah, we'll have to see the wide receiver position. Um, because yeah. of what's going on in practice, I do expect one or two to get in the portal um, from wide receiver. Heck, Braylon Brown got into the portal before spring, but now they're using him as a slot receiver, so that, that provides a little bit of cover. But I do think defensively, there are just some players that it's just clunky fits. It's not They're not going to be able to be their best version of themselves because they do not fit the system. And so they're going to find some place that they will. It's not that they're giving up. It's not that they're quitting. It's it's just that you have to do what's best for you. I mean, everybody right. has to. Do, yeah. And so we'll see a little bit of that defensively. I mean, I would not be surprised. And I've heard nothing about this, but like a defensive back, like Taish, um, not Taishim, um, Aishim Young. If he is falling down, you know, he's a name that might start, eyes start wondering a little bit. Now, I have heard nothing. I know nothing about that, but that's just an example of somebody that was brought in to play a certain type of defense. Now this defense has completely changed, and that also affects how well he can adapt to the defense. So him as an example, that's that's all I was doing, was using, using yeah, an example. Other Tennyson, although I don't think Tennyson's going to leave, Mm-hmm. Uh, tennis might be another example. Yeah. You know, he was brought in to play a certain position, uh, and he and he did a good job. Now, does he fit in the four-two-five? He very well may. So those are the, those are those are some of the things that I would be looking at. Also, um, the fits and and like you said, I don't want to see any blown coverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I would love to see, like I've seen in some of the highlights from the spring. Our DB is completely blanketed the receiver, and the pass is perfectly in the receiver's hands. Mm. You know, I've seen a 12 and 15, which I think are Marshall and Henry, mm-hmm. uh, in some spots making some pretty good catches. So it just uh, – it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting. But I do, I do look for some people to – 
to enter the portal after the spring. You know, um, one of the videos that Ole Miss football put out on Twitter, you had a pass from Jackson Dart to Chris Marshall, and it was just an absolute perfect pass because Marshall was covered up. It was in, it was in between double coverage. It was a whole shot. And yep. he put it exactly where he had to put it and ended up with a 35, 40-yard gain. And yep. stuff like that gives me hope. And like I said, I still want to see him in the middle of the field. That donut-sized hole in the middle of the field, we have to affect linebackers with this offensive team. And part of that is the pass game in the middle of the field. But yep. outside, it, it just looks like it looks like it's supposed to, honestly. Yeah, it does. And, and, and I, you know, I played a lot of positions in high school. And one year, I, I, I forget what year it was. I think it was my freshman year I played tight end. And uh, we made we made some some money just dragging me in behind the linebackers, and I think that I think that uh, Priestcorn is the kind of guy that we can we can make some money over the middle. Uh, I think our lines got to give enough time for that to happen, and I think our coaching staff has to be confident enough in our quarterback to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that last year a lot of that lack of throwing over the middle was because they tried it in practice and it might not have worked so well. Yeah. Uh, but this year, uh, none of us, I, I haven't been in any practices, so I don't know, but the, the little I can get from people within the program is that he's a totally different person this year. Yeah. He's stronger, faster, he's bigger. And, He's more confident. Yeah, and, than and he sa- was. And Saturday we get to see him finally. I think so. I mm-hmm. think so. Now, you know, I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see our future number seven. Oh yeah. You know, see what, what Sanders has. Uh, but this is this is just my opinion. This opinion show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Dart is QB one. And unless something uh, happens to him injury-wise, I think he'll be QB1 all year long. But it's really good to know that if something does happen to him, you've got a four-year starter from Oklahoma State who's a really good runner. And you've got, from everything I've heard, an awesome redshirt freshman uh, that, you know, on your program you've even heard, has a shotgun for an arm, and you know he's he's pretty darn impressive. So that gives I, me I, hope for. I've his. heard a th- three-letter comparison for people that have watched him in practice. People go out there What's and say that? he looks like Eli. Yeah, and yeah. When, whenever somebody said that, my ears just perked straight up because I am so looking oh. forward to seeing this person with my own eyes. Oh yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, I'd love to have. Him. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think, think the thing might be better than Eli with though is I think he can run the ball too. Yeah, you know? the problem that he has is he's six one, so yeah. yeah, that limits him a little bit. But his gut, his arm—they say he probably has the strongest arm on the team, and he probably has the most accurate arm on the team. And you put those two things together, he's going to be all right. Oh, yeah. yeah mm. Glad we got him. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things to where, for some reason, this season doesn't go the way that we're expecting. Midway through it, maybe it's time to just make that change and get ready for 2024. You know? That's true. It, That's it, true. And and, but, and I, you know, I want that to happen, but yeah. uh, I'm not the coach. And I feel confident that Kiffin's going to do whatever he can to position himself to have success. So you're right. If it's, if it's, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. I gave up a long time ago uh, on trying to predict things, Hmm. you know, before this baseball season, I said, Hey man, we've got a shot to be just as good, if not better than we were last year. Then everybody got hurt. (laughs) hurt. So you never know. Yeah. Well, um, before I get out of here tonight, uh, Friday night, there's a crossover I did with Chris Gordy. And the third segment of it, it's like a 30-minute video. It's like a full show uh, that's going to air Friday night. And he d- goes game by game with for Ole Miss in 2023. It's the first time I've done this. And I started to go. Awesome. and I, I think I got nine and three out of it. And then I was sitting there listening to him. And I was like, okay, I can honestly – show you how Ole Miss can beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I'm not saying they will. I can I can tell you how they will do it, but I can also tell you how they would lose to Tulane. So that may means this this summer is going to be um absolutely nuts. I do think Lane Kiffin makes nine million a year. Nine should be the number that is the four of this program at all time. If you hit below that, I I, I think you have explaining to do. I agree. Mm-hmm. You get paid the big bucks for a reason. Make it happen. Yeah. And anyway. I can see that in his recruiting in-state this year. You know, he's he's going to – it's just my opinion, but I think he's going to mop up. I think we get six, seven of the top ten in the state in 2024. Yeah, Jamonte Waller um, just got ranked by ESPN. They just released their three ESPN 300, 16th player in the country, five-star. So – Oh yeah, Monster. yeah. He's he's going yeah. to be huge, and he's a prototypical Jack, which you know from earlier in the show why that is important. Yep. Thanks exactly. again for thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Tom, thank you so much for stopping by. I always look forward to this every week. We're going to release you Saturday morning as a standalone, and we're going to put you on Friday's Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Um, and John Garcia is going to move to Sunday just because I wanted to talk a little bit about Grove Bowl, and it wouldn't make sense to put you on Sunday, honestly. Right. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Take care, man. Yeah, take care. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. <laughs>